In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's November 1st, 2013, and you're listening to episode 81 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And we are... Well, this is the aftermath of what happened last night. I swear we barricaded the door real well. We even put... And I spent all those time on booby traps in the yard. And all of our provisions, gone. But that's what happened... 30 boxes of mini chocolate bars, gone. And that's what happens when trick-or-treaters come to your house. No! Well, that's also what happens when you barricade your si- yourself inside your house with only 30 bars, 30 boxes of mini chocolate bars. <laughs> they didn't get that many. So we hope everybody had a safe Halloween out there. And hopefully some of you had better weather for it than we did. Yeah, Halloween sucked this year. For weather. <laughs> Wet and windy and... Oh, jeez. I mean... It wasn't that cold. No, it wasn't cold. It was just miserable. Yeah. Otherwise... And gross. Yeah. But we hope that people had better weather wherever they were. So before we get on to knitting, I should ask, what about the elfling? The elfling went as a knight, and he got a good stash. Mm -hmm. But he only went up one side and halfway down the other side, and at that point he decided he was done. (laughs) Done like dinner. Um, And then he came home and proceeded to organize his stash, and he complained about the candy canes. (laughs) <laughs> he felt they were inappropriate for the season. And then he comes to me with this little packet of goldfish crackers says, That's not candy. That's real food. <laughs> oh, buddy, that's not real, real food. Like, that's what passes for real... Never mind. I'm not going to argue the semantics that's what of this. passes for real food with a six-year-old. Yeah. And after he went to bed, Mommy and Daddy went through and made a few tax deductions. Kid tax? Kid tax. And some candy will surreptitiously find itself in... A cookie jar Mm -hmm. that is sealed. And uh, some candy will find itself probably at the office. Mm -hmm. And some candy will probably get re-gifted somewhere around Christmas time, like little boxes of Smarties and things like that. Mm -hmm. He will get some. But he literally asked me, Mom, can I eat all this now? No. No. Did you really think that was going to work? On what planet do you think we are going to let you eat all that candy in one sitting? And I sent the pictures to my family. And my brother in Milan started to throw a little hissy fit about the potato chips because he thinks that's cheaping out. Mm. I'm like, no. Normal here. It's worse for your teeth than the candy is. Mm -hmm. But no, it's kind of, it's a different trick-or-treat thing around here. Yeah. I know kids in Pennsylvania that got apples, which I think is cool. Apples is probably what kids got right at the beginning of this whole trick-or-treating thing, so (laughs) anyways, I stayed home to hand out candy, and I made anybody who was uh, over the age of 12 sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. I mean, especially when you're getting up to the 17, 18, and 19-year-olds. Okay, dude, you're gonna do a trick. Seriously. (laughs) You're lucky I'm not making you do the teapot song and dance, (laughs) which I'm gonna do next year. You are gonna sing for me. Yeah, we didn't have anybody quite that old. The thing is that they're standing there with their... It started to be, like, the front door of a club. How old are you? And they're looking at me like, uh, really? And I'm like, yeah, how old are you? Twelve? Okay, you pass. When I got them to sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, they're like, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. How does that how, go again? How do I wonder what you are? And I'm like, good enough. Jesus. <laughs> Here, take the candy and go. You have forgotten your childhood. 
I obviously didn't go out trick-or-treating last night. I don't have a little one to, to take out trick-or-treating. But I did have story time yesterday. So a couple kids wore their costumes. And as a sign of the nerds of the future, one of them dressed up as a Ninja Turtle. I approve. Another one dressed up as Captain America. It's like, oh, baby geeks. Oh, 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 and I have some new martial arts news. Yes. So everybody knew that I got my brown belt not too long ago. Mm-hmm. My husband has taken up karate. Now, I'm all... You're going to be ninja family. Well, he has agreed now that we are going to redo the garage as a workout place with a heavy bag and everything. Ooh. But the really cool thing is, he has come home, and we've talked a little bit because I'm like, I'm gonna so going to be Karen Murphy from the Dresden Files. Like, I'm five foot nothing. Everybody <laughs> calls me adorable. I kind of want to kick him in the balls just for that reason. And she was black belt in, like, umpteen different martial arts and police lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've already told my husband that I'm jealous because karate, after a certain level, you get to learn weapons, where in Taekwondo you don't. He comes home and he looks at me and says, now I know you're going to want to join. I'm like, oh, pray do tell. says, um, yeah, one of the masters, black belt in Tai Chi, karate, and Taekwondo, and a police detective. <laughs> the only difference is it's a male. And I'm like, it's a male Murphy! It's a male Murphy! I must learn from this person! It is the gender swap AU of Dresden Files. Yes. No, I'm which is excited. a AU is alternate universe for those who are not familiar with fanfic terms. But I am going to focus on getting my black belt first. Because I'm that close. Mm-hmm. Still that close. Probably by summertime. Which feels a million miles away right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to focus on getting my black belt for Taekwondo first before I do start anything new. And then hopefully I can catch up. Well, especially cuz you'll have you'll have trained your muscles to do certain movements and things. Yeah. So anyway, meantime, what have you been knitting? I have been knitting on the You know what? I don't know if it's pronounced Pfeiffer or Fifer or but anyway, it's that hooded shawl, a uh, hooded scarf. Mhm. And how it's done, this is done in Cascade 220. Ooh, this is big, chunky cables. Yep, big, chunky cables. This is Cascade 220 in a French blue, because I picked it up for a sweater, like, eons ago, and (coughs) never actually knit with it. It is worsted weight, and it is got a side rib... Not even ribbing, but a side texture of... What would you call that? Seed stitch? Yeah, that's a seed stitch. And then a center, what looks like a French braid. Yeah, big, chunky French braid. Like, it looks like it's... It's What is that, like, six stitches in each? Seven. Seven stitches. So there's three sets of seven stitches. Yeah. And I've got a pocket at one end, which I've had the idea after I'm done of lining the interior of the pocket and the interior of the hood with some faux fur. Ooh, yes. Fuzzy. Mm, <laughs> now, the thing is, let me show you how I had to measure it. <laughs> this is how you have to measure it. I've got yeah. it dangling off of half of my head. Yeah. Because, all right, so here we go. So I'm standing and I can put my arm, my hand into it comfortably. Yeah. Because the idea is... Oh, yeah, you probably cast on the other end. You a- Yeah. You and have then to make the two of these, yeah. and you graft the two together. Once the two are grafted together, you work on the, the hood part. Yeah. Reading those instructions a m- few million times over, obviously, while I was still getting over my illness... <laughs> yeah. I was not in the most coherent of places. I'm like, what the heck? Oh, uh, you know what? I'm just going to start knitting this. I'm going on an adventure. And uh, you memorize the pattern super, super fast. Yeah, it well, goes, it's pretty simple. 
It's pretty simple. It's worsted wheat, so it works up really fast. Yeah. So I don't think I'm going to have a problem getting this done before The Hobbit. Yeah, I don't think so. And it looks like it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and it's I'm kind of looking forward to maybe, you know, lining it with either snow, snow white fur or like a gray fur. Mm, yeah. So I think it's going to be kind of cool. It's going to be very cool. <clears throat> that's what I've been knitting. What about that other thing that's sitting there? This other thing um, just happened to be in the same bag. That, okay. <laughs> that I brought. You haven't actually that I brought worked that on it. In. I haven't actually worked on it. I'm like the other oh. thing is a cowl. The other thing. This is the uh, linen stitch cowl that you know will burn Karen if it touches her. <laughs> hates it, precious. Hates it. But it's one of those sort of mindless jobs. What did you say? That's like about five inches. Yeah. So it's a linen stitch cowl done in fingering weight. I never, ever, ever had a plan for this yarn when I got it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that this was local alpaca from Ontario. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, screw it. Throw mm-hmm. that into the... But the thing is that it's it's blue and it's coral and it's gray. And I never had a plan for it. So I'm thinking, yeah. well, what the hell? Make it a linen stitch cowl. And when it's done... I either have a Christmas present or I have a cowl, one of the two. Yeah. But it just happened to be in the bag, and so was my Radagast roving yarn, Ooh. which I still haven't figured out what to do with, but... So it is mint... It actually reminds me now that I look at it of mint chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that I look Getting at it. Getting kind of hungry looking at it. Yeah, it's minty green and it's chocolate brown, so mm. I just need to figure out what I can nom, do. Nom, nom, nom. Nom, nom, nom. I just had an idea for another pattern, but we'll probably get to that maybe in the covets. Okay. Okay, so... First up, and on the last episode, I said I was thinking of ripping out part of my AF Yatha Yokel shawl, which, if you look at my Ravelry page, it's actually under titled <clears throat> the Fire Under the Mountain shawl. I'm going to start calling it the shawl, which must not be named because it's not because it's a bad shawl, but because <laughs> naming it is so hard. Mm-hmm. Now I can see some transition happening. Yes. So what ended up happening... After we recorded that episode, I think like the day after, I ripped out the entire shawl. I felt for you. <laughs> I did. Well, considering I had done, the shawl is four charts. To begin with, there's a few plain rows with some knit one yarn over, knit one yarn over all the way around rows to double the size of the, the shawl. Basically, it's a pie shawl. And once you do the setup to get the right number, the right number of stitches, there are four charts. I had done the setup and the first three charts... In about a week and a half. Uber fast. Yeah, before I decided to rip out. Because the problem was that, I mean, I had to order, the yarn is basically dyed to order, and I had to order more yardage than the pattern calls for. So the color transition that I'm using, because this is Twisted Fiber Arts Aerial, is the base, in an Evolutions colorway. Mm-hmm. called ember, which means it starts at a lighter orange, goes to a darker orange, to red, to a really dark sort of red, burgundy, purpley thing, up to black, and then to sort of an ashy gray. And it does this through the, the whole length of the yarn. So what happened was I was getting to that last chart, and I still had tons of the first ball left. And I'm like, there is no way. And I was able, I did a row and measured, like I weighed the ball, did a row, Waited again to see how much it was using, and I was like, it is not going to use, like, anywhere near enough of the last ball to get all the colors in. So I ripped the entire thing out, went up a needle size. I got back to where I had ripped it out. I ripped it out on a Saturday night. By the time we had knit night on Wednesday later that week, I was back to the last chart. It was, it was kind of worth ripping it out. 
just to see everyone's expressions. Yeah. When I held up the shawl and said I had ripped out the entire thing and was back to the full size. Because everyone's like, what? What kind of sorcery is this? Well, it was no sorcery. It was four hours of Doctor Who on the Saturday night and then 13 hours of Marvel movies on the Sunday. That will do it. Yeah, because I had a Marvel movie marathon. And now I have changed. It's I'm a few rows into the last chart and I have changed the second ball. Basically what I ended up doing is I ended up knitting out. And when it looked like it wasn't going to, still wasn't going to change fast enough, I just popped out a glob Mm-hmm. of yarn. It ended up being about like 10-15 grams each time and cut it and started. You did a yarnectomy. Yeah, pretty much. Just to get rid of some of it, especially cause some of it, because it was that orange color and it's like, oh dear god, I'm kind of sick of this color now. But yes, it's into the red now and getting into some of the darker red and it's so pretty. So I'll just kind of watch it and see like how the colors are progressing through <laughs> the last ball and maybe I'll do another yarnectomy once or twice just so I can get it to at least to at least some of the gray before I finish. It'd be kind of nice if the gray was maybe like the plain row that's That would be nice, edge. yeah. But even and then I ripped it out and knit back and when I got to the last chart I even stopped for a little bit and didn't touch it for a few days. Because I wanted to get, I had ordered larger cables for the Chowgu interchangeable needles because I didn't have, I was using one that was way too small and so the stitches were really crammed when I was doing the last row. Because when you do the last increase, you increase to 576 stitches in the round. Yeah. Yeah. I was close to, I was around the same number as uh, my piece of crazy pie. Yeah. So I got up to that point, then waited for the cables to come in. Cables came in a few days later. And then I sort of, sort of been, and even with that, even with ripping it out and with waiting, last time I checked, and that was before knit night when I did a few rows on knit night, it was still something like, I have to do one row a day to finish it in time. And that's one pattern or one plain knit row. I think you're good. Yeah. I'm not terribly worried about finishing in time. I mean, I do kind of need to get moving because there is basically, you know, you do have a couple. At the end, there's a a little crocheted edging that goes around. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a very simple edging. But, you know, I need to leave some time for that and for a couple of things. But I'm not terribly fussed and it looks really pretty. And I do have a a kind of crappy iPod photo of it up on my Ravelry Ravelry projects. I will hopefully get a better photo soon. It was what I had time to do considering I was working. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot. So there's that. And then because this has gotten large and because the last, the, the charts are fairly easy. It's just when you get to the last two, there are sections where you do a knit one yarn over or knit two together yarn over and you create kind of a triangle shape with the successive rows. Like looking at the chart here on the last chart, you can see you're creating kind of a triangle shape right, right. with the decreases in yarn overs. But that means each row, you have to do a different number of decreases in yarn over, decrease in yarn over. So it's just kind of finicky keeping track of that. So that making sure that this row I do 11 mm-hmm. pairs of these. This row I do 10. This row I do 9. You just have to sort of keep track of how many stitches or how many of those to do before you do the the plain stitches in the center. So it takes some paying attention to, but it's definitely not difficult. So, but because it's, it needs paying attention to, which makes it not so good for bus knitting, I have taken out the... This is the Inara? Inara? Yeah, this is the sleeves for the Inara sweater. I have put both sleeves on one needle so that I can work them together and make sure the same they're the same length and that they, you know, decrease in the same spot or increase in the same spots. And I'm just sort of slowly working on those. I mean, it's sport weight, Louette gems. It's pretty. So 
it takes a while. But, but it's a very pretty drape. Yeah, and I've got it above the elbow at least. And I'm just sort of measuring it against my arm and seeing how long it is because the arms in sweaters are always too long for me. And then today I, I was at work and I was looking through my knitting bag, or my the bag I take to work, and I actually had not realized that I had been carrying around the Weeping Angel socks with me <laughs> in the last little while. So on, on my break, I just took those out and worked on them, because I'm actually... The second sock of those is pretty much finished. I just need to finish the toady greases, and then kitchen art shut. And that's it. And you have a new pair of socks. Yep, and they will be done in time for the 50th anniversary on November 23rd. Yeah, that's this month. Lots of stuff happening this month. Which, unfortunately, I'm working that day. Still, you'll probably get to see it. Yeah, well, I'll get to see it because Space, the, you know, sci-fi network up here, is going to be simulcasting it, from from what I've heard, with the BBC. Now, if I'd had the day off... I could have gone into Toronto and seen the live simulcast of it in 3D on the big screen at certain select movie theaters, but unfortunately, working. But yes, that's me. Okay. Okay. So moving into Geek Squee. Oh my god, so much stuff has happened (laughs) since the last podcast. There were like, uh, there was like a group of like three days in the last week where like all of a sudden, oh my god, like news and stuff coming out that just blew everybody's mind. I feel a tremor in the force. No, that's the fandom. I feel a disturbance in the fandom. Why is my Tumblr suddenly exploding with people updating? Well, first, there was an announcement from PBS. If you want to talk, are we talking about the fandom that will explode? Yes. That fandom? Okay. We now have a premiere date for the third season of Sherlock. Well, we have a premiere date in the U.S. Yes. Because what happened was PBS announced that they will be showing Sherlock starting each Sunday for three successive Sundays, starting January 19th. Yes. Now, the interesting thing is BBC has the rights to show it first. Right. They have not announced... When, when they're showing it. Okay. Because the BBC generally, with any show, doesn't announce that it's starting until like three weeks beforehand. It happened with the last season of Sherlock, too. They only give you like three weeks' notice. But because they have to show it first, we know that at least by the 19th, the BBC will start showing Sherlock. Yes. So we have, we know it cannot be more than three months away. Yes. And is likely. Less than. Quite possibly, people seem to think that it's probably going to be, like like the last time, it's going to be New Year's Day that they'll start showing it. But we don't know yet. Still, that's... But still... At, at the out, outside, that's two and a half months. Yeah. So, but it does give us a deadline to, like, when it'll start. So there is light at the end of that there tunnel. And this year, the Americans won't have to wait, like, five months to see it. Dude. <laughs> New Sherlock coming soon! Oh my god. The waiting is almost over. We are the fandom who waited, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, there was much freaking out. I, I, like, I, I, ha- I have no words, because everybody has made fun of the Sherlock fandom for waiting this long. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting, so we will, we will keep our eyes peeled to see when the BBC is going to be showing it. And if anybody in listening in England hears about release dates before we mention it, share that shit, okay? <laughs> if you manage to beat me to the Found Something Awesome thread on a rivalry group... That's okay. <laughs> That'll be interesting, because usually I'm, like, watching Twitter. And I know a few, a few Every time I have gone, gone to the awesome thread to post something, Karen's gotten there, like, 30 minutes ahead of me. Speaking of which, wasn't there something else that came up in the last week? <laughs> last week or the last month? No, the last, the last week. Two weeks. Was really? it only a week? Has it only really? Been a week? Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, so we have Captain America. 
the Winter Soldier. The trailer! The trailer out. Oh my god! And... I cannot wait. Yeah, I got happy in all my girl places, I gotta admit. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like good character development. Mm-hmm. Really good character development. It looked like there's a lot of people operating in a lot of gray areas and a lot of shady shield stuff that Steve is trying to deal with. And one of the things I love, beginning of the trailer, he and Natasha are bros. They're just having this, like, co-worker banter. Which is nice that they didn't, like, automatically try and, try and get her, like, sex up. Mm-hmm. You know, Captain America. I love their friendship. Love it. So we see Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. We see Steve Rogers. We see Natasha. And then we, we see Robert Redford's character. Which is a yes. New character. That's true, and that was interesting. And then we see this person who has tech that rivals S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. martial arts or fighting moves that rival Steve, mm-hmm. or Natasha, has a metal suit of armor, pseudo, I will say very nicely tussled hair, and is able to catch the motherfucking S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep, just catches it. Just catch it, and I'm like... Dude, that right there, I got a boner. <laughs> and it, I'm sorry, it must be all of the like the Sherlocky things that I am just now attracted to this in suffering's superiority complex mm-hmm. stuff. Like, I know you think you are God's gift to Earth, but from this distance, I think it's sexy. You know, I wouldn't suffer from that on a day-to-day basis, but from this distance, I think it's sexy. Yes. If you know the Winter Soldier story from the comic books, you know who it is and you know his backstory. But it's going to be really interesting to see how they deal with it and how certain characters react to certain things. And I cannot wait. April Man. Yeah, I had to watch that three or four times and I didn't care. I was at work. Oh, yeah. And then I went, yeah, I watched that a few times. And then I went and shared it. Hey, people, look at this. I remember emailing one of my friends um, saying, have you seen the new Winter Soldier trailer yet? And she's like, no, it hasn't come out yet. I'm like, yes, it has. No, I can't find one. You're not looking in the right place. Here, have this link. Merry Christmas. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yes, thank you. Yeah, I can't wait. So there was that. Then on top of that, for like the cherry on top of our our uh, Sunday mm-hmm. ice cream Sunday a few days ago, the trailer for X Men Days of Future Past came out, which looks so awesome! Oh my god, which has a whole lot of Logan. Yeah, what looks like Logan is key to the key to the everything. Story. Yeah, key to everything. Key to the survival of the world. And I don't consider any of this spoiler because we don't know what's going to happen. So this mm-hmm. is all speculation, but. It's entirely time... I mean, as if you couldn't guess, days of future past. Yeah. It's all time travel related. Yeah. They need a doctor, basically. Oh my god, yeah. But my brain's gonna go splody, because I don't... I cannot... I cannot compute the time travel thing very easily. (laughs) And it's not that I don't understand the idea. It's just that I have too many questions about screwing up yourself in the past and what it translates to in the future. Well... See, like, I don't know how they're going to handle it, because... No, I'm just as excited to see the movie as everybody else. I just know that I am, to use the White Wolf term, time inept in that sphere. Well, because, see, when First Class came out, people said that it didn't fit with the timeline or didn't fit with certain things from the first X-Men movie. Right. So this is going to be somehow uniting them or, like, making the one 
timeline into to join up with the other one that it shouldn't or changing the other timeline or creating a new timeline or something like that okay so i'm not sure yet you know we don't know yet exactly how it's going to come okay out. but great material for speculation mm-hmm. and i guess we'll have to wait and see how that one progresses yeah and it's gonna be kind of awesome to see patrick stewart and ian mckellen as Professor X and Magneto, and James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender as Professor X and Magneto, all in the same movie, and they have, like, all the mutants in the rest of the movie, and it's going to be awesome. This thing must have cost a fortune just in celebrity salaries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is kind of like a, a geeky orgasm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because you, you never really figured that those things would come together. Mm-hmm. And yet they are. And it looks so cool. And Wolverine's right at the middle of it. Mm-hmm. There's a few places I could go with that. Yeah, okay. Fill in the <laughs> blank here. here. Oh, and speaking of, of course, then we also have... I think recently they did release like the last trailer they're going to do for Catching Fire. Which is... Before the movie comes out. Which is soon. Yep. We have two movies that are coming out this month that... I know. ...are in geeky fandom at least close to many hearts. Yes. Because we have Thor in a week. Yes, we do. Less than a week now. Yeah. Well... Well, no. A week. Technically right. a week. Technically a week. Except for, you know, whole early slash midnight showing thing. And then Catching Fire. And that's on the 23rd? I think so. 23rd or the 22nd. Somewhere around there. So much geekiness coming. It is. It is. <laughs> Brace yourselves. The geekies come. The geeks are coming. I cannot wait. And then, of course, December we have The Hobbit. And right. I think that's when Frozen, the new Disney movie's coming out. Actually, Frozen, I think, comes out this month. Ooh, make that three movies this month. Yeah, make that three movies. And of course, with it being Halloween, there has been lots and lots of goodies. I know the Mary Sue and a couple other places have done a couple posts of best Halloween costumes, best nerdy Halloween costumes. But really, one of the ones that has to stand out amongst the crowd... I kind of want to print this out and put it in a frame. If you missed Sir Patrick Stewart and his post of his Halloween costume. You really need to see it, and it's at the Mary Sue. Because the picture, he's he's dressed as a lobster. A bright, orangey-red lobster, complete with the pincers, and he's wearing the sort of, like, head-hood thing with antennae and black eyes, eyes, and he's laying in a bathtub. Yeah, can that get, man get any goofier? Just a reminder, people, this is a Shakespearean actor. <laughs> And he has been knighted. And he has run a starship. <laughs> As one of the, the commenters on the Mary Sue says, do you think he spends his days trying to come up with ways to out-awesome himself? So amazing. And then in other Halloween geekiness... There was a rash of new astronaut costumes seen on the Halloween streets this year. Yes, because our favorite astronaut... Colonel, Colonel Chris, Chris Hadfield, Hadfield had a little costume contest that he was running through his Twitter and his Tumblr, where he was retweeting people who had tweeted at him saying that th- with photos of their kids dressed up as him, or with, dressed up as astronauts, but mostly but dressed up quite, as him. Quite a lot of them had the trademark Hadfield mustache. Yeah. Which is kind of hard to be subtle about. Yes. So you have a lot of adorable pictures of children with these little mustaches on. 
And dressed in astronaut suits. If you want to see them, go to uh, twitter.com slash cmdr underscore h-a-d-f-i-e-l-d. And along the sidebar, actually, he's got there's the little photos and videos thing from Twitter. And you can see all the kids. Oh my god, someone put his face in a jack-o'-lantern. I was gonna say, is that a pumpkin? That's awesome. Oh, frick. Yeah, there's a lot of serious adorable. Oh my god, the little one's got this, the little one's got a guitar. Yeah, and they're interspersed with some of the videos for that his publishers made promoting his book, uh, An Astronaut's Guide to Life, which is kind of fun, which is really funny. You should see it. It's like, An Astronaut's Guide to High Tea. And he's holding the teacup and trying to, and realizes there's a problem when he bonks it against the, the face mask. There's one little boy that we just love so much. This is so cute. This is like a time travel right here. Yeah. This is like Chris Hadfield. This, this kid has his face. Yeah. Plus fake mustache. And plus fake mustache, yes. Yeah, he's so adorable. There's even one kid who's got, if you check it relatively recent, you'll see this one kid who looks like he's got some face paint on. It's actually from, there was an issue of McLean's magazine that he was on the front of, and they painted his face to look like Bowie's. Maybe <laughs> Bowie's face. Like the, there was like, there's one particular where he's got like this almost like lightning boltish sort of thing of like red going down one half of his face. <laughs> it's a pretty famous Bowie picture, but they did it for the cover for Chris okay. Hadfield because okay. he did the Bowie song. Okay. So yeah, so I think that's what they're trying to do there. I just realized non-Canadians might have no idea <laughs> what the hell is up with that. And if someone else went it as a, as a Jeopardy board and the, the category was famous Canadian mustaches. Nice. But I'm sure you'll see lots and lots of geeky Halloween stuff. And one more thing involving costumes. That this showed up on the Mary Sue and has... I think gone viral. It's awesome. If any of you have not seen the movie Chicago, stop what you're doing, go out, get Chicago, and watch it, first mm-hmm. of all. Or at least go to YouTube and watch Cell Block Tango. Yeah. And then you will understand the brilliance that is going on in Spell Block Tango. <laughs> Basically, a number of American Idol finalists... Or rather, uh, American Idol finalist Todrick Hall wrote it and got a bunch of other American Idol finalists and winners like Adam Adam Lambert, Amber Riley, a few others, to star as favorite Disney villains Uh, doing their version of the song. Each one of them makes a solo story as per the whole cell block tango (laughs) routine and they keep a lot of the inflection and a lot of similar things like he ran into my My tentacles tentacles. he He ran ran into into my tentacles tentacles eight times (laughs) if you've watched chicago you would understand what that means i would say it's very impressively done yeah it's a lot of fun to watch Mm mm-hmm it will get the song stuck in your head for days though yeah that that's the risk we (laughs) all take like that and you can find that on YouTube if you put in Spell Block Tango. And it's got Cruella DeVille and Maleficent <laughs> and Ursula, obviously. So now we are moving into the stage of the holidays. And I know, I know Halloween is literally just dead in its grave. Barely. But, like it or not, the holidays are approaching. So we are going to start suggesting some of the organizations that help spread the goodwill with the help of you, our listeners. And nerdiness. And nerdiness, yes. (laughs) So what we're looking at right now is Operation Christmas Batch. Uh, You may sort of get the idea that this is Operation Christmas Child. 
Mm-hmm. The idea being, you know, you fill out a shoebox that's filled that has some goodies in it for a child of either a particular age, gender, or just you know mm-hmm. something like that. But this is a group of people who are avid Cumberbatch fans. Cumber Angels do Operation Christmas Batch, and basically they are fans of Benedict. And they believe in this cause. So you have two ways of helping them. Yeah, you can help by either donating to their fund, and they have a PayPal button or a Virgin Money Giving uh, button there. And all the money donated goes directly to the charity for their support in the transportation of the gifts. Or you can... it says there, the money can also go towards providing livestock and clean water for villages. The money donated does not, online, does not go towards towards making presents, but obviously it's a very good cause. Yes, the charity still um, does need the help. Yep. Or you can sign up to fill a shoebox. Right. And you can find it at cumberangels.tumblr.com. So C-U-M-B-E-R-A-N-G-E-L-S dot Tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R dot com. They have said several times that it's not that Benedict knows that his name is being used to advertise it, but they hope that if he does find out, he would be proud of them. You know, it's maybe not so much in his name, it's just a way of gathering the the might and the breadth of his fandom to do something good. To do something good, yes. They do have an FAQ page. At the site, so you can see. So they have a number of questions there that they can that you can find answers to. Hey, everybody! Karen here, just giving you an update on the Cumber Angels situation. Um, they've actually finished take, putting the boxes together, but because right on the heels of when they were finishing, when they were doing that, they had that hurricane that has devastated the Philippines. They're now doing a fundraiser for a group called Shelterbox, who are currently in the Philippines and providing shelter, food, and fresh water. Basically, what Shelterbox does is after disasters, they can get in a number of their shelter boxes, which are um, basically like large sort of Rubbermaid containers, like in the kind, the big kind that you'd use for storage. And usually they have tailored to a specific disaster, but usually they, they uh, contain a disaster relief tent for an extended family, blankets, ground sheets, water storage and filtration equipment, cooking utensils, basic cool toolkit, children's activity pack, and other vital items. Um, basically it's a way of getting at least some temporary housing and food and things to people, hopefully, you know, as quickly as possible after an event. So they are currently in the Philippines and looking at the shelter box website. Um, it says thanks to our large network of network, vol- network of volunteers, shelter, shelter box is able to keep overheads to a minimum, which means on average 83 pence of every one pound donated goes directly to disaster relief work, um, which is based on an It says based on the average of three accounting periods up until the 31st of December, 2012. So, and basically all the, all the money that the Cumber Angels are funding, really what they're doing is they use a, pr- a page called just giving, which, sort of acts as the intermediary so they can track donations or things like that. But the money actually goes straight to Shelterbox. And at the moment, they have an 800-pound target, and they're 88% of the way there. So maybe you guys can help push that over the top, any of the Cumberbatch fans out there. So like we said, head on over to cumberangels.tumblr.com. That's C-U-M-B-E-R-A-N-G-E-L-S dot Tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R dot com. Considering they moved from doing the Christmas boxes to the aid for the Philippines, if you're listening to this well in the future, you can always take a swing by and see if they're fundraising for something else, because it feels like this might be something that they're going to keep doing. They started with just the one project, but the look of it, but okay. 
So anyway, back to the regular scheduled podcast. Oh, and then we were mentioning the uh, large number of comic booky movies and trailers that have been coming out. So it's appropriate that we bring this sort of news to your attention. I'm especially proud that Canada influenced. Yes. So basically, <clears throat> one of the things that, uh, because of a couple storylines that are going on in the DC universe, because of the, the Trinity War and Forever Evil storylines... Uh, those are apparently going to result in the Justice League of, of America moving to Canada. <laughs> and Canadian comic creator Jeff Lemire said he's creating a brand new superhero for the team who will be a female Canadian superhero. And he's already found somebody to be his inspiration. And that particular person is a real Canadian teen. Her name is Shannon and again, I'm very sorry if I get this name wrong, Kustachin, yeah. a teen activist of the Cree Nation who fought for the rights of First Nation children to be provided with safe and comfortable schools. This person, this teenager, actually has her own website with her own goals and ambitions for the betterment of the First Nation children. Yeah, and her online campaign is called Students Helping Students, if you'd like to take a look at it. She was nominated for the International Children's Peace Prize, but unfortunately passed away in a car accident in 2010, just before her 16th birthday. Oh. Ooh. But inspired by her, Lemire is creating a female Canadian superhero from Cree Nation, which is located basically around James Bay in northern Canada. And he has plans to visit schools in Moosonee and Moose Factory to talk to students and organize a contest where they can choose the superpowers of the new superhero. That's cool. And he's uh, talking to actual Canadian First Nation teens and borrowing their characteristics for the specific personality rather than a cultural stereotype yeah. coming out. So he wants to try and represent them as true to themselves as they can be. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of awesome. There's going to be a First Nations Canadian female superhero. I'm kind of proud of that. In the Justice League. That's really cool. I will probably have to check this out. That is, I'm going to look forward to that. Shall we move into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes? Yes, 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 yes. There's an Etsy seller called Rarities Boutique. Occasion. <laughs> Store will be reopening on November 4th. Okay, so at the moment... <laughs> We basically saw this on the Mary Sue and went to the owner's uh, Etsy page. And apparently the owner is on vacation right now. But only for three more days. Yes, the store will be reopening on November 4th with brand new designs as well as old favorites. And what are those old favorites, you may ask? Some of them are house emblems that you may recognize from Game of Thrones. On hoodies. On hoodies. And nice even warm. the sleeves, shoulders, and... Actual cowls of the hoods have been embroidered or decorated appropriately. So you have the stag for House Baratheon. Oh my god, I love how yeah. they have the antlers on the hood. And there's the Lannister lion. And the Stark wolves. They do look kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, they do look warm and cozy. And severely geeky. Yeah, but they're, they're sort of, you know, in a way, they're kind of stealth geeky. They're one <laughs> of those stealth geeky things where if you don't know what it is... You just think it was a cool emblem. You just think it looks cool. Yeah. And you can find them at etsy.com slash shop slash rarity, R-A-R-I-T-Y-S, boutique. So hopefully, as of November 4th, she won't be totally swamped. Yeah, it says at the beginning of each month on a specific date, Rarity's Boutique opens about 40 commissions. Once the slots are full, the store closes until the next month. What designs are available that month is announced on the Rarity's Boutique Facebook page either one to two weeks before reopening. So this is a little bit of like Russian roulette. Might be a bit of a chum fest, considering this was on the Mary Sue recently. Okay, so in other geeky, giddy, geeky goodies, 
we just can't talk tonight. No. I haven't, I've been screwing it up all night long. So Christmas is coming, and this is a sort of um, pick for the week of what to get the geek in your life for their stocking stuffer. Because, well, it doesn't do anything f- really functional. <laughs> um, it's just cool. And that's all there is to it, is that it's it's there and it's cool. It does absolutely no work and no function. And what is it, Maggie? It's a Since US you found it. It's a USB squirming tentacle. Yep. Basically you plug it into your USB port and it squirms. It is a green tentacle. I'm gonna guess that's probably what, about four or five inches? Yeah. Long. And yeah, you plug it in and then it starts to wiggle and wriggle and squirm. Yeah, it's not a USB drive. It's There's not no a memory. USB drive. If it was a USB drive, that <laughs> ordered would now. be cool. And I bet there are geeks out there that know how to make that happen. <laughs> but for the moment, it is just a cute thing to stick out of your USB port. That sounds really sexual and really wrong, but <laughs> especially considering we're talking about tentacles. But this is my gift to all of you guys. Not literally, but my suggestion for geek gift pick of the week. Put that <laughs> put that in your geeky loved one's stocking stuffer and tell me they don't squee. And of course you can find this at Think Geek. Because where else? Yeah, where else would you find such a thing? Just looking at that makes me happy. <laughs> now, they I do... I just watch that gif of it squeam, squirming all night long. They do have a picture of it, you know, a bunch of them on a USB hub, and it looks so gloriously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it is so fantastically wrong. It's just bizarre. And then, if you don't want to go the squirming tentacle route, there's a knitting pattern that Maggie found. Yes. So, this is the newest Knit Picks, November 2013. Yeah, the newest catalog. Which has lots of Karen's pretty favorite colors on the front. Mm-hmm. Purples and teals and blues. And right as I flipped over on the inside of the cover is the Glacier Bay Paddle Pattern Collection by Karen... Daimler-Lawrence, it looks like. Yeah. D-I-M-E-L-E-R hyphen... Hyphen Lawrence, L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E. I'm almost giving up with trying to make the word things today. What I really, really liked mm-hmm. was the scarf that came up. It is a window pane construction. So it is a fingering weight, diamond-looking lace pattern going up the scarf, whereas the back of the scarf, or the alternate side, is stocking net stitch in worsted weight in a contrasting color. It looks kind of neat. Mm-hmm. I gotta admit that. Yeah, it looks kind of pretty. And that way, no matter what you're wearing it with, the lace is gonna show up. It's gonna pop. Yeah. And because it's got that background. And you will still be warm. Extra warm. Extra you warm. Two, two layers. I think that's really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. So anyways, there's that. So depending on how fast you knit, you may have that ready, you know, that's maybe a, a gift. Yeah, that idea. could be. That could be, that could be a gift, or that can be, uh, yeah, I could say it's going to be a pretty for me, but who am I kidding? I could try and make it a pretty for me. I got myself that new coat that I'm wearing, that red coat I'm wearing is brand new today. Ooh. It's Christmassy, Christmassy tomato red. Hello, what's that? This is another idea. It's was well, it was a Halloween knit-along, which is now been released in full as the Morticia shawl. As in Morticia Adams. Yes. Very, very nice. Swanky. It's super pretty. It's a lace weight shawl. I originally saw it in, uh, someone did one in Sweet Georgie Yarns in a lovely deep purple mm-hmm. color. And it is gorgeous. You know, I bet you if you did that in 
whites or silvers or blues, it would look like icicles. Ooh, yes. And it's by Boo Knits, and it's published in Boo Knits Ravelry Downloads. So if you just search for Boo, B-O-O, Knits, <laughs> you'll find it. And it looks like it, it only takes 837 yards, which is good. That's just, you know, one skein of lace weight, and there's a lot of skeins that tend to be between 800 to 1,000 yards, so that would be nicely nice for one of those. Uh, the clues were released during October. It's now been released in full. Looks like it's uh, four pounds, so about $6.83 okay. yeah. yeah. in Canadian money. And it looks like it has one, two, three, four clues. Yeah. And it looks like a half circle or crescent-shaped shawl. Uh, maybe more crescent-shaped, actually, yeah. looking at some of the pictures. A lot of the pictures, it's sort of draped around stuff, so you can see the pattern, but not really the, the overall shape. And I and guess it looks like the option for beads. Yeah, bead options. Oh, there's a white one. Snowy. Ooh, yes. And it looks like there's sort of a almost like a leafy pattern at the beginning, and then it opens up into like a a flowery or sort of diamondy, very Moody. open pattern. And it has very long, well, look like edging. tendrils or what I keep thinking of as icicles at the end. Mm, it's super pretty, and I'm going to have to cue this one. <laughs> and there's 747 projects already, so you can see lots of finished pictures of it. Ooh, that one's cool. Someone's did one in Nitpick's gloss, and it looks like it was done in red, but they bound off or did the last couple rows in black. That is cool. How awesomely goth is that? I love that, showing the beginning of the shawl with the uh, right next to beer bottles. <laughs> yeah, so there's lots of finished ones that you can take a look at to see inspiration or to see people's comments about what they've done. It looks like it takes size 6 seed beads, and I think it suggests a crochet hook method mm -hmm. of putting them on. Yep, on all pattern rows are right side only and no wrong side patterning on the shawl, which is nice. So yeah, that's the Morticia shawl. That's very pretty. Yeah, I kind of want to do that one. I've been feeling another shawl coming on too. I've been feeling shawls and sweaters and <laughs> a few other things coming on. I want to knit all the things. You need to win the lottery then. Yeah, I need to work win the lottery so I don't have to work Gets in the way of the whole knitting yeah. thing. Yeah, it spoils my knitting time, damn it. But until that day. Sigh. Sigh. Until we can lean back and say, Cabana Boy, go and pick out, you know, bring me my worsted collection. And he hauls out, you know. Team of Cabana Boys, bring yes. out my worsted collection. And now model them. All right, we'll stop this here before it goes wrong. Yes. Okay, so we should leave it here. Yeah. And say goodnight. Bye, everybody. Bye! Don't eat too much candy. You know who you are. There's a, such a thing as too much candy? Um, according to... Oh, never mind. Who am I kidding? <laughs> Boo! Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K 2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek 2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on!